Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Although it feels like I've been in the NFT space for years, and honestly, I can't even imagine a world without NFTs at this point. However, it has actually only been 10 months since I entered the space. Today, I will share some advice that I wish I received on day one of discovering NFTs and becoming excited. I discovered NFTs via a business podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire, and in those 34 minutes, I was absolutely ready to make my first purchase. I heard everything that I needed to hear, and I saw the vision, and finally, everything that the blockchain offered was clear to me. Now, call me short-sighted or not really understanding the immense value that was offered in blockchain technology, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency in general. However, I needed NFTs to be able to see the value of crypto. And although after those 34 minutes, I was ready to make a purchase, it still took me two and a half weeks to actually figure out how to purchase my crypto from Jamaica and then also fund my wallet. Honestly, I was ready to make my purchase. However, I wish someone told me to do 20 hours of research before buying one. Truthfully, I would say 40 hours, but 20 hours is a part-time job. And I know hearing that number, 40 hours of research, this might scare people off. But I know if you read a book or an article, watch some videos, you can get to 20 hours pretty quickly. I hear a lot of people say 10 hours, but honestly, the amount of time I spend in this space, and I'm still learning things every day, that I don't think 10 hours is really a good enough time to get a grasp. Although, yes, I admit 34 minutes is all it took for me to want to make a purchase and probably even less than that because I listen to podcasts at 1.8 speed, so it's even less than that. However, during those two and a half weeks that I was actually getting ready to make that purchase between the transfers, buying the crypto, the hold that was on the exchange and so forth, during those two and a half weeks, I definitely read and watched and consumed about 40 hours of content. So in essence, that delay was sort of a blessing in disguise. It gave me enough time to actually do my homework before diving in right away. The second piece of advice that I wish someone told me from day one is to join the discussion, whether that be on Discord, Telegram, a WhatsApp group, or some sort of community where there's other people that are speaking about different projects, speaking about the NFT space, because it is pretty lonely in the world. Because for the most part, no matter where you are, there's going to be very few people at this point that really understand that and are passionate about it and share the enthusiasm that you have. You're going to be seen as a crazy person that's collecting JPEGs and all sorts of different things to have that conversation, have those peers to bounce ideas off of and share what you're excited about is very important. And even Twitter spaces actually serves this pretty well. And not just going into them and speaking on stage, but if you hang out in some of the smaller rooms, you'll find different people and then you'll be able to start to communicate with them, whether it be direct message or maybe you can chat in some small relaxed groups. That's the same thing. You can have those conversations, scratch that itch, if you will, speak to people that understand and just really iron sharpens iron. So as they're discovering new things and you're discovering new things, swapping ideas, it helps you to consume and understand the content much faster, learn about different areas of the space that you might not otherwise explore. For example, 
if you're someone who's really chasing after these arts and collecting art as far as the visuals that tell a story, then you meet someone who is a gamer, then you can swap ideas and you can discuss what you like about the gaming aspects of NFTs, what you like about the art of NFTs, or let's say someone else is looking at it from a business standpoint, marketing, whatever it might be. Having those discussions really helps to open up your eyes as to seeing what else is out there. And number three, which is associated with this, is finding some peers that have some similar goals. So for example, if you are a collector, you're someone who wants to store up these and you want to find rare things such as Pokemon cards and sports cards, those types of people. As far as NFT goes, you want to speak to people that are also collecting what has value, how things are being uh, understood within the space, and just being able to discover new projects. That is a great way. You're meeting people in spaces and Discord and all these different people. Once you have a core group of people that you enjoy speaking to, then you can also again, sharpen each other uh, by uh, exploring different areas, swapping and sharing ideas and just consuming all of this stuff together and sharing the ideas. It saves you a lot of time, but also will open up your eyes to a lot of opportunities that you would have missed otherwise. So I think that is an invaluable thing. If you're a flipper, you want to hang out with other DGens that are just looking for the latest drop, getting whitelist or pre-sales, whatever you want to call it, getting Discord points, a new project is uh, up and coming. Those type of people, they have their own language, their own metrics and everything. So understanding that and then meeting people like that, if that is your goal, is to get into these projects and maximize your profits and move on to the next one. It's not going to hurt to team up with other people that have that because, again, they're going to be scouting more of a landscape and, of course, friends like to give friends tips saying, hey, this is coming out and so forth, then it is just doubling your resources. And it's not just one plus one equals two. It's one plus one equals 11. Honestly, with Synergy, you can literally cover so much more ground with a team or another person that the effects are actually multiplied. It's not just addition. Just one of you makes a double the amount. No, it's just amazing how much you can actually cover if you're working together and sharing ideas and everything together. If you're someone that is thinking about launching your own project, eventually becoming a founder, it's great to also find people that have that same motivation and you guys can grow together holding spaces, building communities, marketing, finding coders and teams and all those different things. Having that group of people that have that same goal of launching and founding projects way before it's even time to do so is great and beneficial in the sense that let's say you both of you come to market at the same time. When it comes to partnerships and communities working with each other and collaborations, That'll become in handy and having those relationships and friendships built and established way before you ever need them is much more effective than getting ready to launch a project and then reaching out to people. I could think of how many emails I get at this point with people that are just trying to uh, shill and promote their latest project. They want to come on and be interviewed and all sorts of things. And honestly, they're not even listening to the podcast. They're just shooting out these random blanket emails that are probably going to everyone that is hosting anything within the technology space. However, just having some right people that are in the corner or that share your goals and your mission is just an amazing and an invaluable resource. If you are an artist that is getting ready to put your art on the blockchain, a lot of people want to keep things secret. There's some sort of competition that one artist rules them all. No, there's plenty to go around. So there's nothing wrong with having some artists that might be able to share the latest tool, some software or a different marketplace or a platform that might launch that also has the similar features that you're looking for. Meeting friends, being able to do that is just a great way to do 
do that. Coders are used to having hackathons and events and all sorts of things and getting together, which is pretty ironic because generally speaking, you think of a coder as an introverted person that might want to keep to themselves. Of course, I'm stereotyping. However, when it comes to building great things, coders collaborate all the time. And even if they never see each other face to face, we're talking about using Dropbox or GitHub and all these different things. We're swapping things back and forth and sharing, collaborating, using bunch of platforms. And I don't think I really have to go into it because coders really see the value of a community and others in there. So those are the groups that I would really want to associate myself with and try to find different ones in each pocket. Tip number four that I would give myself is to buy an NFT as if I could never sell. And the reason why I'm saying that is because a lot of times you go into these projects with the idea of flipping it or being speculative and I don't really recommend that at all in the sense that you never know it's going to sell out, even if it is the most amazing project. Honestly, the utility for this project might be $1,000 cash. However, if not enough people care about that, it doesn't matter that it's only selling for uh, the equivalent of $100 US once you convert out the crypto or whatever it might be. It does not matter because although it does have that huge utility for it, if it's not selling, it's not selling. So when you have that intention of, buying things that you possibly could never sell, that will force you to purchase something that you actually enjoy looking at. You think it is cool artwork or whatever it might be. And God forbid this thing goes to zero and you're stuck with it. You can't move it. At least you have something that looks cool. It might be a conversation piece. Maybe you'll even put it up on your wall or whatever it is physically. And no one wants to see their investment or their purchase, whatever, be devalued and go to zero. However, it is a lot better to have that than have it got a level piece that you paid a lot of money for that you don't even like to look at, but you just bought it because of the hype. That's even much worse than losing the money. Advice number five that I would have given myself is explore other blockchains. When I initially came into the space, it was on Wax. I was collecting blockchain heroes cards. Then I started to just branch out to other properties, Street Fighter and so forth. I've covered that many times on these episodes, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. However, I spent about four months there before ever branching out to Solana. And during that time, that four month layover, price of Solana went from $30 to about $200 by the time I bought my first project on the secondary markets of 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 Solana. So just understanding that from day one, that it's not all about Wax or Ethereum or whichever network that it is that draws you into the space. The earlier you get that, the earlier you understand that there is a place in the world for all these different blockchains and there's different use cases and no blockchain meets the needs of everyone equally because each of us have our different desires and goals and projects and having certain things tailor-made for that specific thing is what gives each of these blockchains value depending what exactly it is going to be used for. And Tezos is another one that is really big in the Southeast Asia and that region of the world because just the art community there is really helpful. The tokens itself is pretty affordable. And there's just a lot of dApps and marketplaces. Seems to be a very supportive community. I have a few pieces over there, but by no means am I a Tezos expert. But I definitely wish I got over there a lot earlier. Then there's also Rally, which is a side chain, but also it offers creator coins. Anytime I speak about the NFT 365's project, the Mint 365, that was initially offered via ADHD coin, which is a Rally coin. And the initial NFT, the season pass, was actually created directly on Rally. Now, since then, Fanzo has put those NFTs on the mainnet of Polygon. So I think that is a good time to bring up Polygon. Polygon is, 
I believe the first time I got something on Polygon is when I did my Unstoppable Domain. And if you listen to yesterday's episode, you can see and hear all of the different things that why Polygon is even relevant, why Polygon matters to us in the NFT community. So I won't even spend any time on that because I did a whole episode on that yesterday. And then since then, I've been really looking at ADA or Cardano, I should say, Avalanche, and a few other blockchains. So the earlier I found out about those things, I might have been able to get in at some uh, low token prices. But really just understanding that there are options out there, I think, is the most important thing. And not being boxed into one specific blockchain, whichever one you landed on first, and just ignoring everything else I don't think is healthy or productive in the space. Tip number six that I would have given myself is stay liquid. Do not tie up too much of your money, or crypto, I should say. And then when a drop is coming, scramble and have to find uh, different tokens and sell things at half price or whatever it might be. Just understanding that when a great deal presents itself, you should have some liquidity, have some funds on hand to be able to scoop in and get that. And you'll never regret that. But speaking of regret, the seventh and last thing that I wish I was told when I came into the space is that FOMO is very real and learn to manage your anxiety. Anxiety management is something that has been very important for me for over the years, understanding breathing techniques and all that different things. But I can definitely say since entering this NFT space, I have discovered tons of new triggers for my anxiety and FOMO is very real. I'm someone who is absolutely just content with being who I am and thinking that, oh, peer pressure and all those things don't affect me. But when it comes to FOMO, fear of missing out, it definitely hits me. And a warning before I came into the space for that, it would have been greatly appreciated. Whether or not I would have done anything different, I don't know. Probably not. However, that warning would have been greatly appreciated. And speaking of FOMO, are you interested in finding out the different stories that I am interested in but just don't have the time on the show to cover them? The best way to do that via niftybusinessweek.com, which is the newsletter that releases on every Thursday. And in that, I cover some stories that I just don't have the ability or time to cover on this show. And I also share some of the latest highlights and some interesting articles that I find during the week. That comes out on Thursdays. And just by going to niftybusinessweek.com, you can sign up for that absolutely free. Or if you look in the show notes, you'll see a link to it. And as usual, I absolutely am grateful that you take the time to these shows. I look forward to the next one. So until then, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.